A lot of you have been asking me for insomnia treatment options, so I want to let you know I have launched an insomnia treatment course. It's a very structured and effective treatment program with a lot of clinical evidence support. So one course is in Chinese and one is in English. You can find it at deepintosleep.co forward slash insomnia. Hey, welcome to Deep Into Sleep podcast. I'm Dr. Yishan. Let me ask you one question. Do you sleep with your phone inside of your bedroom? If the answer is yes, are you able to control yourself not looking at your phone before sleep? I know, at least I cannot control myself. Over the weekend, daily saving just happened. We possibly rely on our phone much more, especially if we cannot fall asleep. Recently, I found a New York-based company working on building a healthy sleep-wake routine without our phones. Great concept, right? I'm so happy finally there is someone working on that. So the company's name is Lofty. I had a really fun conversation with their CEO and founder, Matt. Again, this episode is not sponsored by anyone. It's just out of my own curiosity. If you are curious about their product, you can find a coupon code in the description box. Okay, let's dive in. Hi, Matt. Welcome to Deep Into Sleep. Hi, Ishan. Thanks for having me. So I know when we are talking, it's right before the time change uh, every year. But when everyone listens to this episode, it's going to be several days after. Uh, how about you introduce yourself to our audience first? Like what gets you interested in sleep overall and what gets you interested in time change related topic? Yeah, so I'm Matt Hassett. I'm the founder of Lofty. Uh, we're a company that began around thinking about mindful use of tech. So just seeing everyone, well, it started earlier, but I noticed it myself like in 2017 when things got really nutty when people were deleting Instagram for the weekend only to reinstall it on Monday and getting off of Facebook entirely or just really realizing there was kind of things were out of whack. That's what first got me into this space. And then once, long story, fast forwarding a lot, I realized how much sleep is also related to that. And all of our tech use tends to crowd out time for sleep and make our sleep worse. That all kind of led me to sleep. Well, that's a really good concept. Since that's something I tell my patients a lot, right? Everyone, I think, somewhat struggling with how to get the technology out of the bedroom in some way. And I definitely see the problem more and more um, during the pandemic, especially at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, the technology, the news, just got people super anxious and uh, locked the sleep. Yeah, and especially for those of us working from home, um, just having the one space and having our desk be right next to our bed and just having it, it's really difficult to delineate, you know, when's work and when's not work. And people have tended to work a little bit more, a little bit longer days during the pandemic. One of the things that's really helpful for getting a good night's sleep is to be able to put out of your mind all of the pressures of work and all the stresses of the day and really just clear your mind. And when there's no real separation between work and home, that can be really hard. Yeah, definitely. 
And I feel like the technology and our life and our sleep are so closely related just for normal day-to-day life. And now we are facing this time change, right? So everyone's schedule going to shift one hour and every year we have to do it twice. Myself definitely found it gets harder and harder for my brain, for my body to adjust year after years. And uh, when I treat patients, especially those older populations, I feel like they adapt to it much harder than the younger populations. And I'm sure technology play a role in this process too. Uh, So what do you think about the time change overall? Yeah, at Lofty, we are very opposed to this arbitrary shift back and forth between two timescales. We don't necessarily think that one is better than the other. We could get into all of that as to why they, why it happens, why the transition happens. But the transition itself is the thing that's really harmful to our sleep because every time we make this very abrupt shift where we suddenly it's an hour later or an hour earlier, obviously the sun does not uh, comply with our human mandates that now it's a different time everything stays the same in nature but suddenly our schedules are a little shifted and just in terms of sleep we tend to lose about 20 minutes of sleep when the time change happens that's our thought on the shift mm-hmm. yeah so sounds like not really uh encouraging that so talk about time change actually for me personally it's a big shift Two, since I grew up in China and in China, we don't have time change every year. So we have exactly the same schedule year after year. Uh, Never heard of such a thing that you arbitrarily change the clock. But after moving to America over the past 10-ish years, I have to adjust to that, which is very interesting. So I'm wondering why some country has it, some country doesn't have it. Yeah. Have you looked like all this before? Yeah, I and actually I'm glad you mentioned China because I was looking into to whether it has ever happened in China. I know now it does not, um, but I think there was a period. I'm not sure about mainland China. I know in Hong Kong in the I think in the 90s or certainly a, a little bit ago, it, there was briefly a daylight saving time. As you know, uh, mainland China has one time zone across what would be five, I believe, time zones. So that that's a very different approach than the U.S. And uh, the countries that observe daylight saving time tend to be or are the country mostly in the northern hemisphere. And they're, so it's really the countries that are further away from the equator. And by the equator, the day tends to be more or less half and half day and night. So 12 hours of day, 12 hours of night. But as you get further away from the equator, you have less day. And obviously that changes over the course of the year. But it tends to be those countries that observe daylight saving time. The introduction of daylight saving time is a pretty new phenomenon historically. It only began in the U.S. uh, during World War I in 1918. And it had only begun in Germany. Uh, and England in 1916. And it was begun as a war effort. So it was really to take advantage of the extra hour of sunlight in the afternoon that that comes from observing daylight saving time. And 
hopefully um, saving a little bit on energy costs and getting more work done while it was light out. So that was the the original reason for it. Today, that doesn't make so much sense. The results, studies of whether or not there's actually an energy gain from this are mixed. You know, some measures, yes, some measures, no. So, you know, the heating is one thing, electricity. But in this era, we, um, so much of our electric consumption is not really tied to night or day. Computers are on whether it's uh, light out or not. So that's less of a, of an issue now. Oh, so when it started, sounds like there are certain reasons that may, may not apply to our modern life anymore. Yeah. And Another interesting thing is that a lot of people tend to think, I don't know, I certainly had this conception when I first started looking into it. I thought that it was something to do with farming, that maybe the farm lobby had wanted it because somehow it impacted the growing season or something. But apparently that's not true at all. And generally, I think people in the agriculture are just as uh, easily upset by the arbitrary change of daylight saving time because when farming you have to be out in the field whether or not we call it 8 a.m or 9 a.m the sun continues to do whatever it's doing you have to be out there when the sun is out there it doesn't have anything to do with that what it does apparently have something to do with historically is um a lot of retailers uh, really love the idea that that little extra hour of sunlight that consumers get on their walk home from work maybe makes them more likely to stay out a little bit, go to a restaurant, um, buy something from a shop. So that is one force that is pro-daylight saving time of shifting our daylight hours towards the evening when people are more likely to have increased consumption. Wow. Yeah. So that's uh, definitely, we see the conflict between house concerns versus, you know, other business need and other practical concerns. Honestly, there's never going to be a fully win-win for everyone. We all have different, you know, knowledge background and have different concerns. So if the advantage is not there anymore, right, as the history, why we need that, then what are some possible negative impact of daylight saving to our lives? I know I read a lot of, um, research on that, I believe there are quite a lot, especially related to sleep and health. Yes, there, there really are. And a lot of it comes from the, the abrupt jarring nature of that transition. Our bodies have a circadian rhythm that is roughly 24 hours. Natural light generally is really the, the input that tells our brains um, you know, where they are in the course of um, all the various cycles that that make up our bodies when we rapidly change that timing and suddenly we're on different schedules and and we're getting different amounts of light at different times of the day it creates what is called social jet lag which is when our body clock is out of sync with our social clock that can lead to a lot of tiredness not feeling quite as alert those are the things that kind of on a lower scale and then there's also Every time there's a daylight savings transition, there's a short run effect of about a 6% increase in car crashes from drowsy driving, an uptick in strokes and heart attacks. So sleep is wonderful for us and 
anytime we're disrupting the normal amount of sleep, we're setting ourselves up for uh, a number of adverse health consequences. Yeah. I think that's really, really important uh, point about sleep because a lot of time we emphasize, okay, you have to sleep for a certain amount of time. So the sleep uh, quantity is important, but also we always ever emphasize that sleep quality is also important. Even you, if you don't sleep for a long time, you still like have a higher quality of sleep can be helpful. But the third, I think, key point is the timing of the sleep, right? It's like the alignment of your circadian rhythm and um, what your social schedule, what your sleep schedule. Clinically, I definitely see some patients with extreme misalignment between their their uh, biological clock and social clock and cause a lot of emotional situations and health problems. So I feel like sounds like the time change is more impacting the timing, the sh quick shift of the timing of our clocks. Totally. Yeah, exactly right. And it's basically harder to fall asleep at night because you're exposed to more light. You get that extra hour or more of light in the afternoon, which, you know, the pro daylight saving time says, that's great. You can go outside, you can exercise, you can be out with your friends. You can, if you're a kid, you can go play. On the other hand, uh, it means you are not, you know, winding down and getting ready for bed. And so you're going to go to sleep later in the morning when you wake up. It's going to be a lot darker than it would otherwise. So uh, it's harder for the brain to kick the body into gear. There's a lot more grogginess. Aside from that, there's just a safety concern of if kids are out early waiting for the bus, you know, it's not as safe drivers, there's more accidents when they're, when it's dark out. So a lot of reasons not to opt for that afternoon extra hour of sun. Right. So really think about how that impacts our life also mm. and activities. I, I would admit sometime after a time change, right? I do enjoy, oh, it's, it's not dark that fast yet. I still like after work is still kind of bright, can do something. This big shift of one hour, that's huge because clinically when we do intervention, when we try to adjust people's circadian rhythm, we always encourage people to do baby steps, like 15 minutes each time or 10 minutes each time. It's really hard for a human being to change sleep schedule by one hour, just uh, by one day. For sure. And something else I was thinking about along this topic is that I think a lot of people have a conception of sleep as pretty much like say, a linear thing. Like, you know, I get four hours of sleep, I get five hours of six hours, that the effects are going to be the same as you go up. But actually, because sleep is distributed across a number of different stages, you might not get to certain parts of sleep. So therefore, if you you know, if you think you're going to get by okay on five and a half hours or something with the daylight saving transition, or just generally, you actually might be missing out on, you know, 80% or some other number similar of REM sleep, because REM sleep tends to happen later in the sleep cycle. Uh, and some of the deeper stages of non-REM sleep tend to have, you know, obviously they happen later in the night. So missing, you know, the last hour or so of sleep 
or like a little bit less sleep can actually have a drastic effect on our health. Right, right. That's that's very interesting. So I know different sleep specialists uh, have different type of suggestions for people how to cope with daylight saving. I'm curious from your point of view, since you are the founder of this company to really use technology from that point of view, right, to help people, what you think could be helpful for our audience to adjust, to adapt to this change, this upcoming change? Yeah, I think one thing is to start to go to sleep a little earlier and and try to be aware of the fact that it's coming up so don't just wait for you know the the one day where you're supposed to change your sleep cycle like plan for it take it into account so yeah i think that's one of the biggest things yeah but along that line i think uh, I like that if people can start preparing, ideally one week before, right? That possibly make it easier. But uh, I want to add is even if people, some people are not interested in preparing or life is too busy, no time to even think about that until the day, uh, I guess if people keep on adjusting it and do some change in their schedule for the following week, starting the the day of change, it may still be helpful. Yeah. I think maybe just being really conscious of the fact that your body is going to need a little bit of time to catch up. And so just be extra thoughtful and careful with your body and and make sure to, you know, if you're going to exercise, make sure you're stretching. If if you have an early morning um, drive, you know, um, be extra careful. So just kind of planning around, knowing that our body has this weak spot, just planning for it. Right. And don't get frustrated, right? If that's yeah. without preparation, you go to that day and it, you could not fall asleep or you have a lot of sleep problems at night. Don't get frustrated. It's, of course, it's normal. Yeah. If you're uh, you know, an athlete, don't schedule your time trial for March 14th, pro tip. Yeah, I think that's a great suggestion. Yeah, I, I definitely heard a lot of people need up to several weeks even after the date uh, to really get back to uh, satisfying sleep. Yeah, I know I feel that way. Um, maybe pet owners out there will sympathize with this. I find that even if I can make a pretty quick transition to it, my dog takes much longer. She is still waking up. Uh, at the same time, which, you know, she tends to wake up at 7.30, but it's at least a month before the new time takes in. So I'm constantly being woken up at 6.30 as she is adjusting. Okay, I see. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, I think pet owners can feel that. I guess parents could feel that too. (laughs) I'm sure the parents can also (laughs) sympathize with that. Right. Wow. That's a lot to juggle yourself and your other family members and everyone in the household. That's quite a lot. So other than the preparation before and after, anything else you think could be helpful? Um, I think in general, the things we focus on with sleep won't be a total surprise, um, but uh, cold, dark and quiet. This is not about daylight saving time, but just generally making sure your bedroom is um, is cool, generally around 68 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, 
dark, making sure you have window treatments that are really blocking out light or wearing a sleep mask and quiet, making sure that you do whatever you can to minimize any kind of street noise or um, loud pets. Um, so th- those are our, our general tips. And then in terms of, you know, what's really our passion at Lofty is, is making sure you, you know, put your devices to sleep before you try to put yourself to sleep. So leaving your phone outside of the bedroom, giving yourself the space to wind down. So you cannot shut down your brain if you've got an incoming torrent of notifications on your phone. So you've got to come to grips with that. And, you know, at some point you have to acknowledge that there's no more I can do today. My body really needs sleep. It's fundamental to being human. The best thing I can do for myself as a family member and an employee and whoever else is to get a good night's sleep. And so being able to put your technology to rest is our is our passion at Lofty. Yeah, I think that would be very helpful because think about if we have trouble with daylight saving, right? If we, during the weeks of struggling, we are trying to adjust to this new schedule. I know for sure a lot of people have start having difficulties falling asleep or staying asleep, basically temporary insomnia symptoms. Then when people wake up or could not sleep, what they do? Very easily grab their phone, start looking. Some people start even working, checking work emails and got themselves more awake and blame the time change that they cannot sleep. And the next day feel awful. Or they just start randomly impulsive shopping in the middle of the night (laughs) or the other things. So if there's a way can get them put the phone outside of the room, that would be great. Yeah, that's why we created Lofty, which is the name of our company, but also the name of our first product, the Lofty Clock, which is all about providing the bare minimum of tech that is pro bedtime, that is helping you get ready for bed and then wake you up in the morning without your phone. If we had a lot of great willpower and we could put the phone down and and just rely on a simple alarm clock. I think that would be great, but it's 2022 and we're so used to devices and all the conveniences that they bring. But the problem is that you can't just pluck out the good parts of it. So you can't just have the Calm app or just have your story collection from Audible or whatever it is that you listen to. Same in the morning, you know, you you open your phone to turn off the alarm and then you're suddenly in your emails and you're not even remembering what your dreams were. You're not learning from them. You're not saying good morning to your partner. With Lofty, we tried to take the best parts of the phone for falling asleep, the things that have been great that it's added to our lives. Um, so listening to audio content is a, is a big one, whether that's white noise or a nature sound or like meditations or stories. So you can play all of that right on Lofty without a phone. And then in the morning, uh, we have a two-part wake-up alarm that is meant to gently rouse you from bed rather than, you know, whether it's a, a beep, beep, beep of an alarm clock classic or um, the tones from iPhone. We really 
tried to think of how we actually wake up and how we actually wake up is in two phases. First is kind of waking up. Second is getting up. And that tracks with brain science with um, something called uh, sleep inertia, which is that feeling of morning grogginess. And it takes a little bit of time to shake off where you're switching from deep sleep to alertness. That's uh, lofty in a nutshell. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So really help us. I think that's going to solve a lot of problems that when people want to listen to something, want to distract themselves when they cannot sleep or when they wake up, they don't have to look at the clock. They don't have to know exactly what time is, or they don't have to get a lot of messages, if I understand correctly, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we don't push messages through and um, there's no notifications. Um, You're not um, pulled into the phone for any of that. I think that it's so hard to count on our willpower, even if you think, okay, I'm going to put the phone over in the corner, not going to touch it. Just the fact that it's there just makes it so easy to grab for it. And by contrast, keeping your phone outside of the bedroom, you're just much better set up for for good sleep. That's true without Lofty as well. So, I mean, if if you don't have a Lofty, you just have something else you can do in your bedroom when you're you know, if you wake up in the middle of the night, maybe read, read a book on, on a piece of paper, an analog book, you know, book classic. Um, don't pull out a device, any kind of device, because you think you're just going there for one thing, but inevitably you get pulled down the rabbit hole into some other thing. And then suddenly it's 5 a.m. and you can't get back to sleep at all. And then the rest of the day you're, you're kicking yourself. Yeah, yeah. I would definitely imagine uh, your product, Lofty, would work very well for teenagers. Since, uh, right, we encourage parents to really set up a phone break at night. The teenagers ideally should bring their phone out of the room to charge at the charging station outside of their room. But they also um, have young spirits, need a lot of other stimulations. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But um, you're absolutely right. And teenagers really need it the most of anyone because when we're teenagers is when we do some of the longest sleeping of our lives. Our our circadian rhythms are actually um, pushed back a little bit. They tend to fall asleep a little later um, and and sleep later. No no time is more REM concentrated than childhood, like when we're babies. So it's not on that level. But the teenage brain needs a ton of sleep. A lot of the policies that we have for schools and teenagers are tragically flawed because we've got teenagers being forced to go into school at 7 or 8 a.m. And their brains really are not meant for that. The, just the natural circadian rhythm of a teenager needs to sleep later. We think it's a great fit for teenagers. And it, it is really hard, I think, as a parent of a teenager, which I'm not, I'm not a parent of anyone. So take this with a grain of salt. But I, I think that, um, you know, from parents I've spoken to, they, a lot of them are delighted to hear about Lofty because their teenager has been saying, I, I have to use my phone. You know, it's my alarm clock. I won't wake up for school. So uh, taking away that excuse from them is, I think, pretty, pretty great. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I uh, when I hear about what your product is, my first reaction was like, "Wow, that's the teenagers, right? Teenagers are basically my patients. I have to tell them, 
or tell their parents go to buy a traditional, like a simple clock for them. Because a lot of teenagers, surprisingly, they think phone is necessary for uh, alarm clock, which was not supposed to be true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you grew up um, post, you know, 2009 or so as a teenager, with iPhone is 2007. So, I mean, the alarm clock is pretty rapidly fading out. And I think for good reason, I don't think that until our product that someone had really thought about, okay, how do we recreate this device, this alarm clock for the modern time? And that's really what our goal was, was realizing that this product had been thrown out with the bathwater with the introduction of the iPhone, but that actually there was a real need for a purpose-built product that's designed around sleeping that's all about well-being when you're not go 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 out there in the world it's really meant for the home and that it's meant to disconnect to help people slow down mm. yeah yeah everything is so fast for the last 200 years everyone's been every generation says you know that's faster than when their parents were young and that's true but I think right now it's just at a peak. Uh, I mean, maybe not, it's probably not a peak. It's probably going to get worse, but it's pretty bad. We're asking our brains to do so much that they're really not designed to do. I think a lot about it. I think about it a lot as, you know, we have this expectation that our brains are just able to keep up with computers that, you know, like Moore's law of, of computing power, the processing power is doubling every 18 months. And I think we're arrogant enough as humans to think that like, obviously our brains could handle that. And so, you know, we just think we can keep up, but we can't, and we need sleep and we need to take care of ourselves in, in a multitude of ways that obviously computers do not have the same demands, but we, um, we tend to really expect more than maybe we should from, from our bodies. And we, we really need the reminder to, treat ourselves as humans and not think that we're this machine like um, consumer of information that we can just keep going, 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 because at some point we burn out. Right. Exactly. So important as a psychologist, right? Not only a sleep specialist, as a psychologist, I handle so many burnouts all the time. I think, I yeah, I totally buy in a lot of the concept and the ideas behind what you're trying to do. Yeah, thank you, Matt. And if any of our audience um, curious about your product, they want to uh, look at your website or check it out more, where should they find you? Yeah, they can find us at bylofty.com, B-Y-Lofty, L-O-F-T-I-E.com. Okay, great. Thank you so much for sharing uh, all this wonderful knowledge about daytime uh, daylight saving and uh, the, your product with us. Thank you so much, Ishan. I had a, had a great time talking with you. Really appreciate uh, what you're doing with your show and bringing attention to sleep. Thank you. So after listening to this episode, how do technologies impact your sleep? Leave me a message. Let me know. You can also check out my sleep courses online at mindbodygarden.com slash course slash CBTI. I'm Dr. Ishan. Very happy to have you with me today. Wish you a high quality of sleep at night. See you next time. Sleep is an individual thing. We all sleep differently, and there is so much we can do to improve sleep quality. Keep hope and carry on. 
This podcast is for general informational purpose only and does not include the practice of medicine or other health professional services. Usage of the information we share is at the listener's own risk. And our content does not intend to be a substitute for any medical and professional services, diagnoses, and treatment. Please seek professional health services as needed. Are you suffering from insomnia? I promise you, the CBTI method in my course will definitely help you. Even if several nights of better sleep, that would be a world-changing experience for you. I have had so many success from my insomnia patients who have taken this course over the years. If you know someone who are struggling with sleep, go to my website and check out my course at deepintosleep.co forward slash insomnia.